Our gospel lesson for today comes from Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 2, and verses 10 through 11, which can be found in your pew Bible on page 1499. Please stand for the gospel. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the, the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. And then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. The word of the Lord. How blessed we are to have children and youth in our congregation. Can I get an Amen. 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 For a few moments on today, I want to preach from uh, the title, When You Fall Down. The screen said, if you fall down, I, I want to give you a news alert today. As a follower of Jesus Christ who's trying to live a life that reflects Jesus Christ, uh, there will be times when we will fall down. This is the first Sunday of Lent. Jesus' 40 days have concluded. Our 40 days have just begun. Lent is a time for adopting and practicing the disciplines that would prepare us to receive the mystery of Easter. For us at Evangel Heights United Methodist Church, we are journeying together on this journey called Lent with the invitation to identify the fast that we choose to stop and the fast that we choose to begin, not only on an individual basis, but also as a church, a community of faith known as Evangel Heights United Methodist Church. The scriptural foundation for this type of fast, choosing the fast to stop, choosing the fast to begin, is Isaiah chapter 58, verses 1 through 12. This type of faith, fast, will help us to imitate the teachings and person of Jesus Christ in and through our lives. You may begin, you may recall that we began asking these questions. Which fast am I to choose to stop? Which fast am I to choose to begin? We ask these questions in the presence of the Holy Spirit. I found myself journaling last Wednesday through today, writing down what I heard when I asked myself the question in the presence of the Holy Spirit. What fast am I to stop? Because they get in the way of my being a follower of Jesus Christ. What fast am I to begin? so that I can become more and more like Jesus Christ. And let me just say this to you. Um, it's not easy to ask the question. It's not easy to be obedient to that that we've heard. What we are to stop, what we are to begin. I pray that each one of us will be committed during this 40-day journey to each day ask those questions. Let us pray. Lord, many, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart honor your name this day. You truly are our rock 
and our Redeemer, yes, you are our hiding place. When you received the worship bulletin in the mail on this past week, you were struck by the fact that the gospel lesson included very few verses. I hope that you were encouraged and motivated to read chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. We are told that Jesus was sent by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted, and other translations say tested, by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. That number 40 is a very common number in the Hebrew scriptures. The number 40 represents trial and oppression. The flood experienced by Noah and his family lasted 40 days and 40 nights. The Israelites wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Moses was up on the mountain conversing with God for 40 days and nights. As we look at today's gospel lesson, I'm thankful for the insights that Donald B. Craybill offers through his book, The Upside Down Kingdom. Craybell states that the three temptations that Jesus was being tempted by represented the three institutions of his day. The temptation to turn, into bread, to turn stones into bread was an economic temptation. The temptation to throw himself down from the highest point of the temple was a religious temptation. And the temptation to have control over all of the kingdoms of the known world was a political temptation. In the desert setting, Jesus had the opportunity to choose economic, religious, and or political power. The threefold test promised to fulfill Jewish hopes for a Messiah who would free the poor receive Yahweh's blessing and defy political oppressors. Let's look at the three temptations. Economic power. We know that bread symbolizes the heart of material life. This temptation was an enticement to address economic injustice and the oppression of the poor in Palestine by a radical economic revolution. A temptation to become an economic messiah Bread, as you know, symbolizes the heart of material life. The Lord's Prayer says, give us this day our daily bread. It recognizes the necessity. Feeding the crowds offered Jesus a shortcut to galvanize their political support. However, Jesus refused the materialist temptation that life is driven and satisfied by economics. How many of you have discovered that even though you may have enough money, money is not enough? If your focus is only on meeting your economic needs, striving for that economic mountaintop experience, that it's not enough, that there will always be something missing? Jesus argued that life is more than money, than economics. The second temptation was that of religious power. A supernatural stunt near the sacred temple would erase any doubts in anyone's mind 
about Jesus' messianic authority. The temple was the pinnacle of a religious life, the very heart of Jewish worship, ritual, and emotion. It was the home of Yahweh. Yahweh resided in the sacred holy of holies, the inner sanctum of the temple. The Messiah would remove Romans and set things straight in Palestine. The religious groups, the Sadducees, the Pharisees were all looking for a new leader anointed by God who would establish the David, the Davidic throne in all its former glory and usher in a peaceable kingdom of God, a spectacular arrival, dropping down from the pinnacle of the temple into the presence of the Jewish community would certify beyond all reasonable doubt that the Messiah had arrived. Jesus rejected the temptation for a spectacular display. He preferred the role of the servant savior. Throughout his ministry, Jesus was slow to disclose his identity. When someone said, Jesus, I'm going to tell people who you are, he would say to them, keep my identity a secret. Because you see, Jesus knew that his life was to be the sign of a Messiah, caring for the lost, having compassion for the poor, and loving one's enemies. These were the signs of the messianic reign. And then there is that third temptation, political power. Notice the setting for the political temptation, a very high mountain where all of the kingdoms of the world and their splendor were offered to Jesus. This was Jesus' chance to be a world leader. Israel would be supreme, a light and a power to all the nations. World authority would shift from Rome to Jerusalem. And Caesar would now be subjected to Israel's rule. During the temptation and elsewhere in scripture, the mountain symbolizes divine power. The mountain reaches into the clouds and shakes the hands of the almighty God. It was there that God inscribed the Ten Commandments for Moses. Preaching on a mountain, Jesus later described the people of his new kingdom as merciful, meek, pure in heart, and peaceful. On a mountain, Jesus called the 12 disciples. The mountain symbolizes the strength of divine power and the nearness of God. Yet Jesus refused this temptation. It was not merely an invitation to join the ranks of Jewish patriots. This temptation was a snare to have Jesus to endorse violence, the conventional way to confronting evil. On the mountain, Jesus rejected Bruce force as the proper mode for governing others. He chose to demonstrate a new power, a new way of ruling. The new way of ruling was one not of political force, but of love for one's enemies, blessing those who would curse one, and grant endless forgiveness. As we look at the temptations of Jesus Christ, what can we glean from them? 
The temptations of Jesus Christ revealed who Jesus Christ is and his character and not who we want him to be. The three temptations reveal who Jesus Christ is and his character. Today, as you pick up the newspaper, as you read, as you go to social media, as you listen to certain videos by well-known individuals, as you listen to the rhetoric about America reclaiming her history of greatness, as you hear people using the name Jesus Christ to support their ideologies, remember who Jesus Christ is and the nature of his character. So what are you and I to do when we are faced with temptations? What are you and I to do when we, yes, even yield to temptations, when we sin? The psalmist reminds us that when we sin, we do not have to remain in a sinful state. We have the power to do something about the sin in our lives. For you see, sin unconfessed can eat away at the souls of our lives. Sin unconfessed will leave us feeling weak and less than our true selves. And a basic definition of sin is missing the mark. Knowing what God, knowing how God expects us to be and to live. And when we do not meet that expectation, we sin, we miss the mark. I find it interesting how individuals try to dress up and not deal with the three letter word called sin. Little lies, there's no such animal, it's a sin. Choosing not to speak to someone because you don't like them is a sin. Holding bitterness in your heart against someone else is a sin. Talking about someone or a group of people in a negative light is a sin. What are we to do when we sin? Again, the psalmist reminds us that we are to confess our sins. For when we do confess our sins, we break ourselves free from the bondage of sin. When the psalmist confessed his sin to God, God forgave him. There is no sin that is unforgivable except for one sin, and that is Blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. God is available to help us when we confess our sins individually and corporately as the community of faith known as Evangel Heights United Methodist Church. Notice 
what happened when the psalmist confessed his sin. Not only did God forgive him, but the psalmist experienced joy. The psalmist also recognized the need to continue to depend on God. The emphasis is on prayer, and he sees God as a refuge in times of trouble. In this world, we, are never, we will never be entirely free of temptations. We will never be entirely free from committing a sin. We will have moments when we will be tempted to sin. Overcoming sin is a lifelong effort. And yes, there are times when we will fall down. We will miss the mark. We will mess up. We will sin. And yet, we don't have to remain in that sin. Whatever form temptations may take, we can overcome the temptations and the sin by trusting in God to provide us with what we need. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The power of the tempter, the devil or the evil one, the names you may give to him, it's real. But it's limited. Because God has all power. Like Jesus, we believers can trust in God's word and saving power. Victory, beloved, belongs to those of us who will follow Jesus. Yes, on this 40-day journey called Lent, we are on a path moving forward to the cross. Yes, we see Easter and a deer in the distance. This journey will be a journey of stumbling, maybe pain, temptation, yes, and sin. This journey will also be a journey of hope because our failures and the sin we commit are not final. If we turn to the God who is able to forgive us and restore us to the joy that we only find in him when we confess our sins. On this 40-day journey, Lisa Hancock, the writer, states, we can expect the tempter to whisper in our ears individually and corporately, if you are. In those tempting moments, may we be reminded that God says, you are mine. You are mine. And so may God, who claims us as God's own, teach us to live in and return to love, faith, and hope whenever we fall.
I shared with the congregation on Wednesday that it is my prayer that the pastor who led the Ask Wednesday services on February 22nd, 2023, will not be the same pastor on April 9th, 2023, Easter Sunday. It is my prayer that as I journey with you on this Lenten journey, that I will be open to and then obedient to choosing the fast that I must stop, that I will choose the fast that I must begin so that, so that I will be the follower of Jesus Christ whom God has created me to be. a follower who will have experienced a spiritual transformation that will call me to reach out not only within this community of faith, but, with, but also beyond the four walls of this community of faith to a world that is in need of experiencing the love and the power of God as revealed through Jesus Christ. It is my prayer that for those of you who have begun this journey, that you will continue the journey along with me, expecting God to do only what God can do to bring about the transformation in our lives. Let us pray. We give you thanks, O Lord, for your word, and we thank you for your word that serves as a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Help us to trust you enough to confess to you those sins that we must confess. Help us to trust you enough to believe that you will forgive us as your word has said. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen.